So we've been talking quite a bit about this tune, but beautiful. Um, and uh, so early on this week, we did a little bit of an analysis on on the on the tune itself, and went over the uh, kind of the relationship between each chord. So it's. It's important to think about the relationship to at least in these kinds of tunes to a to a tonic. So we are in the key of G, and so we play call this a one, and then three, six. But also know the functionality in a in a moment. So two five going to. Really a two chord. Okay. And so on like that. So understanding where things go, you know, what what chords we're landing on. So we're we're tying things together as as a whole and then also um, seeing how things are functioning in a given moment. Right. So a couple of things that that, that just accomplishes is um, the ability to to transpose to play something in a different key. Let's take take one of the more familiar keys, key of C. So if we want to play this in the key of C, let's say we're accompanying a singer or just someone uh, 
as an arrangement, maybe in that key or something. So, so now C is one. So think think about the same chord progression. So we can move to different keys, and that's a great thing to to practice. And when you you do that, um, you know, pick a different key and try to work it out. Um, it it may um, may expose some some gaps that you might have on a, a certain tune that just need need to be um, addressed because. Um, if we learn an arrangement or we learn um, learn a tune, a certain key, sometimes we're, you know, we, we might fall into the danger of just saying, well, I know my fingers go here and I do this and, um, and that's, and that's that. But um, especially in, in improvisation, it's, it's important to know the context and, and um, how some of these chords are going and, and how it might relate to a tonic or how it might relate to a different tonic for a moment. So, um, so we, can, we can use these things to, um, to help us improvise and be able to transpose and um, generally know a tune uh, very uh, well. So, you know, try might try to play it in several keys and um and who knows maybe all all keys. All right, so yeah, so we looked at the uh chord progression early on and then we checked a little bit of uh Earl Clue out and that was that was a really fun one um getting getting to know some of the uh, shapes and things that that he used. Uh, maybe we'll play around with that a little bit. And um, typically on these videos that I'm reviewing, I, I do a lot of, lot of visual aids and, and things. We might do a little bit of that, but um, but I think for the most part, I'm gonna kinda, kinda just talk things through and and discuss. So. A few takeaways, and this is kind of what we're trying to do with with this in general, is to see if we can do things that we could apply to our own playing. So, so we know we have this G major seven, and he plays well, he plays a bit of the melody. I'm going to play some of the chords that he he works through. So he plays plays this. Okay, so this is sort of an accompaniment part. So we get a uh, G major seven, and we get this C thirteen with this uh, with seven down at the bottom. Okay. So that creates a little motion. That 
we could learn those specific things, but we could also say, oh, well, that's a good idea, you know? What if instead of we pl playing G major for four beats and then those two for a couple more beats, then maybe we'll get a little more motion going by adding a C13. Right, so get things kind of rolling along. A couple of other things that we saw. So we know the chord changes, um, at least looking at the lead sheet. We have a two, five, progression A minor. And um, so Earl Clue, he includes this D sharp here, so. Pretty cool. Um, so it's basically kind of an altered chord. We have uh, the, the dominant seventh there, and then what? What was the third? I think of it as a sharp nine, and what was the flat five? We can still think that of that as flat five. talked a little bit about creating motion within a given chord. So earlier we talked about adding a chord to create motion in the chord progression. Just talked a moment about maybe changing the quality of the chord a little bit by, by making it major. Now here's another thing that he does here where creates a little motion on it, right? So we get melody note and then we have so we get this major seven and then the flat seven right, so rather than just kind of hanging out on a minor seven which is totally fine but like that you add a little motion like he does so So that's kind of um, kind of gives us some things that that we can um, maybe take away in a conceptual way. Say, okay, um, we have we have this chord. So we'll say let's play up to that moment. So we have putting another little chord change in there, changing this chord a little bit. Okay, and then this next chord yeah, cha changes a little bit of the prog progression, right? So, all right. So now, also just thinking about some half step motion. So he he plays this. It's kind of okay. So that's that's get this half step motion so using these 13s again um and then we talked about this this next part just kind of summarizing here but 
taking this chord, we end uh, end on here for at least for a little bit, a couple measures. So we have this, and he plays these different chords out of it. So he says. So that's all kind of over the A, but you know, we get get these different sounds. We get as an E minor over the A, we get E over the A, we get kind of a sus sound. I'm working kind of backwards, but so that's it. swinging that I don't think he does that um, but, um, but anyhow um, so we can uh, use um, recordings just uh, just by ear too and um, written out transcriptions to to help us learn from from other other folks um, so it's a great way to kind of share uh, information and and get get a little bit of an idea what what someone else might might play. Okay, so what am I? Um, um, well, maybe I'll go back a little bit. So this is mainly overview and analysis that we're reviewing right now. But uh, um. We also checked out a little bit about chord melody uh, relationship. So, kind of the the idea behind some of these lessons and things is that, um, and pretty much always, pretty much all all the way through my time as um, as a guitar teacher. Um, uh, I, I've really strived for folks to, um, to become like kind of their own teacher in a way. And I think we, we all are kind of our own teacher in a, in a way. And then, um, we do get guidance from teachers, um, and they teach us things obviously. Um, and, and, uh, but they kind of help to set you in a direction. And, um, and I, you know, I've taken, um, lessons from, from folks too. And, um, you know, I, I always kind of, kind of felt that, you know, I'd, I'd hear the voice of, of the, of my teacher, um, throughout the week, you know, and it just, you know, it just could be something really insightful that they said or or something I felt I needed to kind of decode for whatever reason and um or something kind of inspiring like uh, you know about about practice and uh how everybody goes through these kind of tough times of uh, uh learning an instrument I think I mean that that really um any level i mean i, I heard uh herbie hancock talking about um 
playing uh, a kind of a classical piece, uh, I think at some concert, and he was real, uh, you know, really working on it and, and the passage, and this is way well into his career and a quite a successful career at the time, and I don't remember exactly when this was, but, you know, just, you know, being really concerned about a certain passage and, and uh, all that. So it's, it's always kind of difficult, I think. There's always something difficult that we could do. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the thing. I mean, we kind of move, move the goalpost. You know, every time we can end up doing something, we can say, we, I can do that thing. And then we think, well, what if I could do this other thing? Um, or how many different ways can I approach a certain improvisation topic or, you know, um, so it's kind of always, always something. So anyway, kind of the idea I really want to uh, put across is, is like how, how to make our own arrangement of a chord melody. So we did a little look at um, some of the uh, Earl Clue. How do we assign a melody note? So we talked about that um, on overview analysis and and mostly relating to a root, you know, say, okay, if I know where G is, I know where the melody is, you know, can I link those up through these octave shapes? For example, can I, can I get those kind of hooked up? Um, and then um, and then from there, actually, I think that, I think that may have been, um, I guess that was uh, overview and analysis. And then, um, um, and then we had our practice alongs, or we had at least one practice along in the practice ideas and concepts. And I, I talked a little bit this week, um, more about um, kind of the ideas of how much to practice and um, um, uh, how to approach cer certain things. We did this really, I think, pretty interesting talk about um, um, taking and, and dividing up the octave, you know, you might even take one one string and do this, but you know, taking it, dividing it out different ways. Um, and just like it kind of exploring that, we talked about how we can set all those up. And um, it's pretty interesting that you know, kind of the more crowded you make the, uh, um, the octave, you know, like trying to fit seven notes in, and you could, you could kind of find all the modes of the major scale. You could find even, uh, modes of harmonic minor, melodic minor, harmonic major, uh, things just by dividing it up seven ways and trying to get these notes to set 
a little bit apart from one another. Um, the harmonic minor and harmonic major are a little bit odd in that way because there's a larger interval in both of those. So if you have a harmonic major, right? So that's an augmented second. Same thing with harmonic minor. So, um, so those two are a little, little kind of funny in that way, but, um, but definitely melodic minor, modes of melodic minor and mo modes of the major scale. Um, all right, and we talked about uh, mapping out the guitar neck, basically using uh, caged and uh, yeah, got some um, really good feedback from one of our members here. So thank you for that. Um, So yeah, moving kind of up the neck. I think I think uh, never sure if I should mention mention names or not, but um, but Chris, one of our members, um, you know, I, I think he was saying um, think about moving up and moving to the next next chord shape. Uh, maybe with like kind of the first finger anchoring that, um, and I what I did on that talk was I, um, I I brought the capo around and and we did all these um, basically did did five different chords. Um, so we we took the of course the C, did the C chord kind of up the neck. And then I did the same thing with kind of like A. G, E, and D. So um, that was a pretty fun talk. I kind of I, I kind of had fun with that. Um, I have fun with all of these, all of these talks. And uh, so it's really on. Fun to, fun to do and uh, fun to discuss. Oh, let me check in and see. Doing okay, good. All right, so practice ideas and concepts. Um, kind of working at trying to um, work on some sp specific things, but also um, trying to inspire practice, trying to kind of uh, keep, keep folks going um it is kind of a kind of a big challenge uh, playing the guitar all right all right so uh one of the big things um i wanted to work on this week was um understanding these diminished arpeggios and kind of that relationship to the the two five so there there are certain tunes like um you know maybe i'll do a quick search even on um so 
Um, I'd like to see what tunes he does. He got a list of tunes. It's a lot of Academy Awards, wins and nominations. So darn that dream, that's another one. I, I should check into a lot of these. I was trying to wonder I was wondering if he did uh um there's another tune I can't quite the Remember the name. Oh, polka dots and moonbeams. Should talk about that one. Uh, like someone in love. Oh, he wrote so many. Yeah, he wrote so many. It could happen to you. That's the one I was thinking of. I think. Um, but there are a lot of a lot of tunes where he used this progression. So, you know, that that thing you could you could play, I shouldn't say thing, but that 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 tune, that progression. You notice I played these diminished that's like E flat major, E diminished, F minor, uh, F sharp diminished, and then um, G minor seven, or you might I think of the one chord as well, but um but if you notice there, that's an alternate change to to this other change. So that's basically the same chord progression as and this is but beautiful is much slower. So it's it's basically kind of the same. It's in a different key, but you know, by that same kind of thing, we could do. Right. So it's that kind of walking up by half step versus. that so um kind of an interesting um relationship there just as substituting and so we're taking like g sharp diminished here substituting it for the b minor seven flat five to e seven so it's two chords but we just play one of the diminished chords and you can substitute e either way. So the chord progression is G, B, E. You could play G and then G sharp diminished. Right. So that's a pretty interesting um, kind of thing. And so one thing that that we did um, this week was um, on theory and fingerboard was to talk a little bit about okay how if we compare this b minor seven flat five to be diminished how is it the same and different right so half diminished is basically 
three notes the same as fully diminished, but fully diminished has a, the lower, uh, or the double flat seven. So we have this sound versus this sound. Now I'm comparing this one to B, so B half diminished to B diminished. Earlier I had mentioned rather than playing B half diminished, you play G sharp diminished. Now, um, why am I not comparing that right now? Well, I am kind of because it's the same four notes. So if we have a G sharp diminished, if we just collect these notes, so, so G sharp, F, B, D. So now if we go to B diminished, okay, if I say, okay, G sharp is on the fourth string, okay. And then F, that one's on the second string, okay? And then B, oh, that's on the sixth string. And then D on the third string. So it's the same four notes, right? But if I, if I place it here with the, with the B, then it's, it's easier to compare because it's uh, kind of right, right there uh, in the same register. And we're just moving this one note. So then we could take take that um, B diminished and compare it to the five chord, right? So we could say, okay, well, we know the diminished is three of the four notes um, in common with the B half diminished. Let's check out the E seven flat nine. Now we see if we play, E7 flat 9, we get these four notes, E, G sharp, D, and F. Now if we replace the, the D, or the E, sorry, with the B, that's still the fifth of, of E7. So, so they're more right back on the um, B diminished 7. So you can see, we again, we have three of the same notes. And actually, the B diminished seven or G sharp diminished seven um, is part of the E seven flat nine chord. It's it's in there as far, part of the chord, right? So in a sense that going to the diminished chord is like kind of like going straight to the E seven flat nine, but putting it over G sharp and we're omitting the E. So it's, it's in a sense, kind of like going G, uh, G and then E7 flat 9 and then A minor and then the F sharp minor 7 flat 5 from there so it's sort of like it, it doesn't have the 2 in front of it um, so, so this very closely related um, maybe more so to the dominant seventh chord, the E seven flat nine, because that diminished chord is really a, a part of that. If we spell out E seven flat nine, okay, we get E, G sharp, B, D, F. Kind of spread it out. 
All right. So that that was a big part of the theme for this week was to try to work with those two fives um, to minor, essentially, uh, minor two fives, which can go to major as well. Um, and then just trying to think a little bit about the diminished seventh chord and, and how that could relate as a substituted chord change or to just have an awareness of that diminished um, kind of arpeggio uh, within that five chord because um, it's a it's a nice line too so if you play g major seven right so if we start on the e7 start on the G sharp on the third. Play an arpeggio, G sharp diminished arpeggio over the E. And then land on the F, that's the flat nine. And then that's gonna resolve to the to the fifth of the A minor. All right, we also did a little more on the um, shapes. Uh, from the Earl Clue, so we took a took a small section of that arrangement and and looked at some of the shapes and got a sense for um, what they what they looked like and uh, how when you're when you're working on playing playing tunes to try to maybe block chords um, and maybe even some of the melodies so them as kind of a group. And working there on uh, the changes and from one to the next and all that. All right, everybody. Um, Play a little bit for a minute or two. And, uh... Maybe I'll give a little, a little bit of a couple, a couple updates here too. Um, but maybe I'll play through that beautiful little bit. Just kind of playing around with things here, so.
So I've been uh, playing lately through, I brought back this uh, Iridium pedal. Um, so down in the, in the kind of green screen studio, I, um, um, I've got these amps and cabinets uh, set up. And um, so I really prefer that that sound, I feel like it sounds really good. There's a couple issues with it sounding a little bit noisy, but I, I do send it through some processing, sort of cleans it up. But uh, um, I'm not sure exactly how to monitor it in the clean kind of kind of setting. So if you if one monitor, monitors things through some of the processing in the computer, um, it's a little bit delayed when you hear it. So, um, so that's kind of that issue. sure if I should just kind of get used to that that little bit of a delay so like I like I've been mentioning I've been kind of working on when I can um, getting some of the backing tracks and things synced up so I can do things live and I um, and I had that going a ways back um, uh, maybe maybe last year but I, I still kept running into issues with it and so um, so I built this faster computer and and all that and um, got that all set up so um so i think it's gonna be um really nicely workable but um i just kind of need to do some some more testing of um getting sort of things lined up in time with all the latency and then monitoring it so i'm kind of beginning to think it this has been a really long um exploration of of these things um but um almost thinking i should just get used to hearing the guitar sounding later than when i i play it um and then just get used to syncing that in with um with the live um sound uh of the backing tracks and um so i might play with that so that would um kind of require me to sort of change my perception of playing um because i you know typically i hear it pretty much when i play it just like kind of everybody does i think when you just plug into an amp or something but if you're trying to do some add some processing um and uh sync things up with the um 
with the audio. So it's kind of what I'm doing is playing internally. I've never been a really big fan of hearing folks uh, when I hear someone like playing with a backing track just sort of in a room. Um, um, for me, I just I just don't really. Um, it does work well, I think, for demonstrating things, but um, at least for what I'm trying to do, I, I, I want it to sound as much like like the guitar is with the uh, backing track uh, as possible. So, so I've, I've even even just recording, it's sort of sort of kind of a, a struggle to. Uh, get every everything like pre-recorded kind of things to sound like not too mechanical and not too um, um, kind of lined up. So the sort of computer metronomic thing with with the human playing. Um, so I'm trying to do as much of playing the instruments, but then you're just still doing it at different times. And so um, so anyway, I continue to do research and try to try to improve everything so all right everybody i'm hoping next week is just a lot better so the last probably two or three weeks have just been really um challenging but um um but the last two weeks i'm kind of we're kind of on schedule with everything but we're on schedule with content wise but um or for my goals at least content wise but um Mostly, I've had to come come in a little bit later in the evening um, and do the videos, and uh, so hopefully my mornings are looking a little bit better. Today ended up being a snow day, so uh, so I had to adjust with that, and and uh, some uh, around the house home improvement things I'm working on now too. So hopefully I can clear those and uh, get some things going out there. I still want to do the Rose Room video, uh, Charlie Christian solo. So we'll see, hopefully they'll come out soon. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for checking this out. And I will see you all in the next one.